Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the third episode of Philosophy Fridays. I am your host, Shadab, and this is my beta, my son. <laughs> beta means son, you know, it's inside beta joke. Um, and throughout this episode, we're going to have someone, like, you know, coughing and sneezing a lot, uh, a.k.a. my, my dad. <coughs> you're, what? You're, you're sick as well, Sorry, bro. sorry, sorry. Um, but yeah. Okay, so today our guest is an amazingly, incredibly inspiring woman. Her name is Anna Lee. She's an entrepreneur, speaker, and global connector. She had already reached partner uh, at an accounting firm by the age of 23, which she sold her equity in that firm, and then she start, uh, and then she is now an associate director at a facility management organization. We're really excited to be able to talk to her today. So let's get, get this, this bread. bread. <laughs> All right, Anna, thank you so much for you know doing this. Thank you for being here. We're really excited to be able to have this opportunity to, to have a conversation with you. So why don't we start by getting you to tell us a little bit about yourself, right? Like, tell us who Anna is, like, from the very start, from the moment of conception. We've got to stop saying that, man. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, usually when we ask this question, we've been saying, tell us who you are from the moment of conception to where you are right now. Great, <laughs> yeah. great. Yeah. So, like, you know, give us a brief summary of what makes Anna Lee, pretty much. Cool. Yeah. I was born in a little town in the northern part of Vietnam. Moved to a bigger city where, um, which is Hanoi, the capital city, mm. when I was five, mm. and move around a lot of schools. So yep. by the age of sixteen, I already been to eight different schools. Wow. Yeah. By the age of sixteen. Yeah. Is that is that is that usual? Is that common to a lot of? I don't think so. I don't think so. I think just something about my family and it just happened that, um, yeah, we, my parents always really have, have a really big focus on education. Yep. And whenever they find a school that they think that's better for me, better environment, better curriculum, better mm. teachers, um, they try to enroll me into that yep. school. So I got to move around quite a bit. Mm -hmm. But then towards the end of, um, of secondary school and high school, I started to grow up a little bit and then I started to think, what do I want for my life and mm. what environment do I want to be in? So I asked my parents to move me to a sort of international school where I okay. get to study uh, subjects that in English more. I still remember it was a commerce subject mm -hmm. uh, in English and that was quite exciting. Uh, and then I studied there for a semester then asked my parents to move me to Australia. And um, yeah, so I came to Australia over 10 years ago and yeah, now I'm here. So you came to Australia. How old were you when you came to Australia? Uh, I was 16 years old. Wow. 16. All by yourself? Yeah, so that Damn. was an interesting story there um, as well. So I asked dad, like, I really want to really want to study overseas. Yep. And he said, can't look after yourself. Mm. I still really need to remind you to wear socks in winter. <laughs> How are you going to be all over there, th thousand miles away? Um, so I had to prove to him that I can look after myself yep. by moving into an empty apartment across the city uh -huh. and living there for a month by myself. And I still remember the only thing in the room was a thin single mattress. That's the only thing. And I've never felt so lonely in my entire life because... You know, come from Asian family, we live for three generations mm. under yeah. one roof. Yeah. And all of a sudden, I have nobody. But a mattress. <laughs> but a mattress. So, but eventually, um, I made it here, and then yeah, here I am. So how how's the transition from like you know the culture and everything back in Vietnam, uh, 
to you know just coming here because it's it's like a completely <coughs> separate world right yeah um and you were young like most of us you know if we were to move out in australia mm. we would be like 18 um and that's like the minimum age but like how did you like accomplish that at the age of 16. so at the age of 16 i guess it's because i wanted to get out there and mm-hmm. see the world and mm-hmm. see what else out there um and you know you learn geography that's one of the subjects that we learned mm. and yep. you learn about the world but you never really experience it mm. and i wanted to to experience it so i wasn't even meant to be in australia i was in and initially my parents enrolled me into a catholic school in the us which is can be very different yeah. um but um but yeah i ended up here and i i, I really love it here i just love the people the culture mm. obviously the hardest thing was was the language barrier yeah that's what i was gonna say yeah. how did you cope with the language yeah i all the way up till so i started year 11 year 12. oh so you did your high school here as well like the later mm-hmm. years of high school yeah year, year 11 oh. and year 12. Yep. um was that was just study 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 mm-hmm. there's no yeah. yeah there's no it was vce so there's yeah. no other fun stuff um got through that and got into uni and even all the way up to uni i still struggle to have the conversation like this three mm-hmm. people i can't hold conversation three people because i don't know what to you guys talking about yeah. i can't jump yeah. in yeah you guys talk really fast <laughs> so um, okay we'll talk slow <laughs> <laughs> now i'm good now like yeah. um but yeah just just keep learning and but i overall i really love the the environment and yeah yeah so i i really like here in australia this place stay you know one of the one of the things that i can take out of that is um we're better than the United States. Australia, Mike. Australia. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I'm so glad I didn't go to um, America, mm. like with all the gun stuff over there. Yeah, you know. No, that, yeah. that's actually true though. Like when you, because I also did some some study back for English. Um, we had, we, uh, one of my topics was about the gun laws, mm. um, and then when I actually looked into it, like they pretty much allow you to do that. Um, obviously not to shoot people, but like they give you that those requirements that you know can. I guess spark that thought you know i can shoot someone mm. it's, it's actually really like dangerous on the political level as well yeah um so one of our next <laughs> staple questions is um so where's that one thing people don't know about you you can share whatever you want <laughs> <laughs> okay um one thing people don't know about me well i guess this one is nothing really special but um it's about uh, people People think that I read a lot of books and all of that, but in mm-hmm. fact, I do read a lot of books. It's not really read, <coughs> but I listen to a lot of books because it takes me ages to read, mm. like really, really long time. It's dreadful, and it tell you that like it's not only English but Vietnamese as well. Mm-hmm. I oh, am wow. always really slow at reading, mm. and that's something I've always been struggling with. So you can imagine how long it takes for me to get through the a textbook at uni. Yep. It ages. Yeah. Really, really um yeah, take a long time. Yeah. And yeah. like it's just like, you know, people, different people have different learning styles. See kids, you don't need to be able to read mm. at a significantly amazing, you know, pe- uh, pace to be able to be successful. Mm. Like you're a successful woman and like, you know, even though you have like, you know, um struggle with like reading a little bit. So like, you know. So like why don't you tell us about your journey after so you, you completed VC, then you went into uni, and then what, so tell us, take us through that journey. Yeah, what you did like at uni, glimpse. what you did after yeah. uni. Sure. <laughs> so walking through the university 
um, building and all of that and seeing all the students really brought back memory when I was um, at uni, which is which was a while ago. Wait, well, we're not recording at uni. We're recording in our studio. What you, yeah, so, well, this, yeah. Is not, this is totally not at uni. <laughs> <laughs> this, is, this is the studio on the third floor of one of our properties, you know, that's, yeah, where, yeah. We <laughs> uh, that's where the money yeah. goes. <laughs> yes. Um, so yeah, so I still remember I stayed on campus on the first year yep. and the second year um, at uni. And pretty much the first, um, I th- throughout my, my uni time, I was really focusing on study. Um, so when I was there at uni um, on campus, I still remember there's a period of time where I was there for a month and a half. Mm-hmm. I did not step out of the university at all. Um, because Wow. Yes. That's great. Yeah. yeah. Uh, because as students staying there, you get a food allowance and all of that. So I was yep. just living off that mm. and, you know, go to the canteen. Um, and then there's facility there. So I play badminton and my friend came to uni. Uh, mm-hmm. We hang out at uni. Pretty much we just study a lot. Um, <coughs> and then... And then I started getting jobs and working and studying at the same time because yep. it doesn't matter, you know, <coughs> you, if you have 100% for every subject, if you don't have work experience, mm-hmm. you, you can't really get a job when you get, get graduate and get out there. So I just started to looking for just like basic job, whatever. What sort of jobs were they? Because like, you know, that's something that a lot of students do. They yeah. study, some of them study full time and they work full time as well. It's, it's crazy. Yeah, I really admire those people. And mm. I truly believe that that's, it, it's that's what it takes yep. for you to get to success if you're not willing to to work f- for it and yeah then it's hard so i my first job i still remember it was um just a uh, it's just a canteen staff mm-hmm. at a cafeteria of um of a tafe yeah yep. yeah so i was working working there for um for, for six six months mm-hmm. yeah so finished work i still remember finished work at about eight o'clock but it took me two hours to catch the bus back to the campus yeah, by yeah. ten. Yeah. yeah, and um, and I would go straight to the, what we call a dungeon, where it's underground and it's a computer lab, and that's where um, I've done lots of my study there. Mm-hmm. So I would study until twelve, one o'clock in the morning, and um, at the time I was really stoked that they have a um, escort service that. Um, security working in a university yep, mm-hmm. they would walk you wherever you want to walk oh, so wow. i i use them all the time because <laughs> you know i finish at like 1am and it's mm. yeah yep. so you're walking around the campus um yeah so that was pretty cool so so what did you like study like what, what were you studying in university what did i study mm-hmm. so i did bachelor of commerce major in accounting and economics mm. yeah i really enjoy what i study like don't get me wrong there's certain subjects that i absolutely hate <laughs> um like why the hell do you invent this kind of thing mm-hmm. like, i just completely couldn't couldn't get it at all um so for those subjects i would c- just try my best but most of the subject that i learn i really genuinely want to get the knowledge yeah. not just the, the score mm-hmm. and that really took me a long long way because later on when i finished uni um, i went straight into the um, doing my chartered accounting graduate di- diploma mm-hmm. program and honestly up to that time i was st- working full-time running a company uh, accounting and financial planning mm. and doing that at the same time and the knowledge that I learned at uni really helped me to succeed For sure, definitely, yeah. in a graduate position yeah yeah so how does one actually do that right so you do a bachelor of commerce majoring in accounting and by the age of 23 you are already a partner at an accounting firm 
how does one become a partner at an accounting firm at the age of 23? It's great to go through that journey. So like up until this point, we've talked about, you know, where you were born, um, what was the conditions? And then we went into like, you know, your education. That's where most of the viewers would be like in that sector, just that education, Mm -hmm. that education phase Um, of their life right now. But like, you know, it would be good to like give everyone a glimpse of how like, you know, what you did after graduating. Yeah. So just like any other uh, international students that um, out there looking for jobs, right? I was struggling. I I went to different career fair and uh, expo and, you know, networking was so uncomfortable. You know, it's like, what the hell is this thing? Like, why do I have to, why do I have to get out there and, you know, seeing all the different people in Mm -hmm. suits and tights and, um, high heels and for girls, you know, yeah. like, it's so uncomfortable, so out of my comfort zone. But I went anyway. And then I heard that you have to have, like I said, work experience. So I look around, you know, online, web search. Um, mm. And then I used, uh, I study at Deakin University, yep. so Deakin <coughs> Job Shop. <laughs> and then just, oh just um, yes, yeah, talk to different people. Nothing. Like everything is like, oh, you have to be a, either a permanent resident or you have to be a um, citizen of Australia to yeah. be able to even apply. Um, eventually, though, I've got a tiny little role. Um, it obviously not paid. Um, it's not not even like a volunteer or anything, but it was with Deloitte. Oh, so yeah. it's um, the company that wanted to have some fresh perspective from university students who are performing really well mm-hmm. academically. And they want to bring them on board for a, a, a period of time uh, every every single week. And then we, we do a project and we present it to them. Mm-hmm. And then we also get a taste of how is it like to be working in an accounting um, yeah. and yeah, big four that kind of thing. So it's a great way for them to get talent and it's a great way for us to have a taste of, you know, how is it like to be working in there. Um, and I was really lucky that I got selected um, through yeah, the application process. Um, I guess lucky is, people say lucky, um, but I think when I want to give you genuine advice yep. and you say, you know, luck, I can't count on luck. Mm-hmm. It is, you, you need to actively working with the people who are there to help you, the people in the equivalent to Dickens job shop in Monash or Melbourne or whoever, wherever you study. You need to connect with those people so that they know who you are. Mm-hmm. And they think come up, they think about you. Yeah, that's really important. Yeah. And, um, and then your academic result, obviously, you, you need to pass things and you know <laughs> you need to get things moving along. Um, yeah, so that was a little thing that I had. And then it's move on to another thing is that, so it's really um, kind of random, but in life, it's, that's how things happen. That my sister, so I have another sister mm-hmm. was studying in Australia at the time mm-hmm. and she's staying at a homestay family. And the homestay family, the host father, he is a client of the accounting firm that in the end, I became the owner. Wow, what a coincidence. <laughs> so you just need to ask. Uh, that's the thing that my network at the time was quite small i would have to say it's not that big because you you know i'm i'm at uni all the time Mm -hmm. i'm studying all the time and yes i network out there but the substantial relationship no i don't have that but i just ask around literally so she's living in his house obviously yeah and he's a client and he's talked to his accountant and said do you need you know someone to help and I started off um, as a tiny junior accountant role mm-hmm. that does 
absolutely really all the legwork, you know, just yep. Excel spreadsheets and all that punching away, data entry, mm -hmm. really low level stuff. Yep. But so the difference that separates me from, from that role to, to become a partner within four years is that I didn't see myself, I never walk into that that office and see myself as a junior accountant. I was really there dressing, walking, talking like a manager. So you have to be someone that you want it to be first before it's actually happened. So what I, and obviously you're not being cocky or anything because you, you started off on the bottom. Mm -hmm. But I just want, so what I did is I just went around and yep. learned from every single person that I can meet and build rapport connection with them. For example, the receptionist, right? I, you know, have a chat with her, ask about what she does, what's her role. You really need to understand, you know, where does that person place mm. in the bigger picture? You know, how important is that? And, and I just started thinking, oh, how can we do this better? How can we do that better? And I think the biggest things that, two biggest things that I brought into the table that that the partner just offered me to become, you know, do you want to join? Do you want to yep. come on board? Mm -hmm. Two things. One is the energy. One is the energy that I bring to the to the place. The energy, people feel like mm -hmm. it's, it's kind of intangible. It's like, what is energy? Mm -hmm. But energy is something that is really <coughs> powerful. Um, when you walk into the room, you can influence people with your energy. Mm. And um, I always bring a really positive vibe into the workplace. And it's sort of like giving the person hope that, you know, our company is going to grow. I was not afraid to come up to the director and say, look, um, I know that I'm only a, a junior accountant and I've only been here for a little while. Um, but I really think that you can think about this and your business is going to expand. Mm -hmm. Or I really think that we can do this much better like you have a great company you have a great culture great workplace but not worrying so i wasn't worrying about you know what what he thinks but i just really genuinely want to help him so mm -hmm. bring it up to him i can see that other people working there for a while yeah. so there's the people working there for a while and they're much older than me and they can see the problem but they never talk about the mm -hmm. problems and without tackling those problems um, how are you going to grow? Yeah. Where there's a problem lies an opportunity. And it's just about, you know, are you willing to roll your sleeves up and, and do something about it? Or you just like, just put it under <laughs> the carpet and say, pretend it's like, not there. The main reason for them not like, you know, addressing the problem was they don't want to escape the comfort zone, right? They don't want to, you know, go and tell the director, oh, you're not doing this right or like, this is wrong. Because they, they knew their place, right? And I guess they wanted better, but they were happy to stay in that position, right? Mm. And you were like completely different. Like you're like, oh, and I'm gonna walk or dress like a manager, this, that. Um, and that's like the difference between, uh, I guess, successful people and just, you know, mediocre average people. Like I'm not putting down anyone like, you know, that's average. Living, living life, you know, working, that's normal. Mm -hmm. um, but you know, you, you were like that one step ahead, you know, like walking, talking like a manager, like you said. That's, um, that's like really unheard of, I'd say. Um, no one really tells like anyone that, but like, that's what makes you know something you, something special about you is that you did that, um, and especially with you doing that, coming here as like at the age of sixteen, right? That's just it's it's amazing. It's admirable. thank you. Yeah, because yeah, I want to back backtrack that a little bit. It's really interesting that you mentioned um, you talked about luck. You touched upon luck, right? Mm -hmm. Like the best definition of luck that I've come across is this: luck 
is the crossroads between effort and opportunity. Like there's opportunities for all of us, it's, it's there. But if you don't put in that effort, those opportunities, opportunities are never gonna come. And mm. I think your story is a perfect example of that. So you went to Deloitte and you know, you did that unpaid project or whatever, but there was an opportunity that lied that was um that was there at the end of that right but you had to put in that effort to do that you know unpaid work mm-hmm. to get that opportunity and what is the philosophy behind the idea that you should act and dress and talk and behave like the person that you want to be like you know how you mentioned you walked in there you dressed and you talked like a manager what is the philosophy behind that like, what yeah. is the reasoning behind that sort of a mindset so i still next even to today mm-hmm. i still hear a lot of people saying about that you have to be someone else like you have to um act and dress and present yourself like the person you want to be first Mm -hmm. before that actually happened and thinking back at the time i don't know if i knew but i i always have this um belief that i i think i might have learned it back then but you know over the time when things get (coughs) rough you know sometimes the way i dress the way i present myself it's not always consistent you know i'm human too Mm -hmm. and sometimes you you don't even feel like dressing up you don't even feel like um you know you're just comfortable Mm -hmm. in whatever most comfortable Uh, but if you want to get anywhere if you want to get somewhere then you have to to uh, present yourself in that sort of form and then i see um there's two things happening one inside of you one inside of you when you dress well even though yes you have to put in a little bit of the effort yeah. but damn like you look good right and you feel good mm-hmm. and then what you talk <laughs> is different yeah. you know <laughs> um compared to when you wake up and then your hair is just messy yeah. and you just be like rushing to work and just you know try to yeah. do the bare minimum then there's so many other people out there that you know putting a little bit extra effort mm-hmm. um and and make they make themselves you know when you look good you you perform better and then the external thing is that when people see you they see opportunity they see like wow you know this person they oh he's at uni but um you know he doesn't look like a typical uni student there's something different about him there's mm. something special yeah, that's, uh, that's um, a good point you know like when you i truly believe in the 7-eleven rule of when you meet someone within um 11 seconds you make seven assumptions about that person you like it or not as human being it is actually so true like you know oh is that person attractive is that person well educated is that person have money does that person does that person is a kind or nice person decent person or you know like is it, does he look sleazy does he just look lazy yeah. um all different sorts of assumptions and that happens on like the subconscious level right like exactly we, we wouldn't realize that until yeah. someone tells us about yeah. it um yeah so rather than you have to go and fight and explain about yourself and how great you are why why you lose the chance at the first impression mm-hmm. yeah yeah no yeah. that's that's wonderful that's a wonderful story yeah. If we, if we do go back, like what you were talking about, you know, dressing and like talking like a manager, I, I recently heard this, like um, someone was saying, telling me this, um, that if you want advice, um, you know, just about anything, never take advice from someone that you will never trade places with. Uh-huh. I mean, I guess that really fits like well into that, right? Like if someone wants to give you advice and you're like a manager or like a CEO, 
you would definitely want to trade places with them. You would take advice. But then if, let's say, someone was like, oh, you know, that, that business idea is not good, or like, it's not going to work out, you wouldn't, trade, like, you wouldn't trade places with them, right? So you wouldn't take advice with them either. Um, and I, I just wanted to put this in, like, even though it's off-tangent a bit. No, um, absolutely. But I think it's it fits right. in really well with this. Um, yeah. And yeah. No, I think that's really a valid point because every single day, you know it or not, you get advice from a lot of people yeah. in your life. And if you listen to all of them, I truly believe that you're not you're not going to get very far in your life because um, what your your brain process all of that and you get confused. You don't have clarity. You can't take action to move forward. So it's yeah it's critical to get advice from the the people that you want to be and learn from. Mm-hmm. Mm. So one of the things that we that we've noticed about like you know the work that you do and the you know, your social profiles and stuff like that, you you constantly emphasize that you like to live life with um, passion, purpose, purpose and, and profit. profit. So the three Ps. Do you want to like talk about that a little bit? What does that mean to live life through those three lenses? Mm-hmm. Sure, sure. So as you're probably aware, I, like, I never wanted to really be um, uh, an employee working for someone else. Yeah. It's just my personal choice. Um, and someone actually asked you, asked me today about, you know, wh- why, why, why drive, what make you drive you, you know, to be um, very driven since such a young age. And um, I, I just don't, just have the thing in me that I just wanted to be a businesswoman, mm-hmm. and um, I want to contribute to the world in a way that, um, like, passion, profit, and and purpose combine. Uh, my best friend, he's a policeman, and he still believes in certain degree that business people are all evil. <laughs> They're all about money, 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 money. And then they, yeah. they try to, you know, really rip off all the employees mm-hmm. and you just try to, like, exhaust them and all that kind of thing, which, in my personal opinion and in, in my business that I run, is off, like, it's absolutely not the case. Um, and I'm not saying that all business owners are um, they 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 would implement what what we implementing in our business, um, but yeah, there there are people out there that are doing that. But that's why I'm I'm very conscious on whatever business I'm doing. I'm th- looking about the impact that it's have on our clients. Mm-hmm. How does that impact their life, their family? Um, and how how are we looking after our team members, our staff, mm-hmm. um, and their family? And to me, and then I have to do something I'm really passionate about. For example, um, you're probably aware that I've recently sold my um, equity in the accounting and financial yep. planning firm and moving on to a new area, which we specialize in. We're managing residential apartment buildings. And why am I so passionate about that? Because my parents live in an apartment. I live in an apartment. And um, I can see the gap or the, the opportunity to provide and, and help people to create a new kind of living, a new environment in apartment living that, that impact their life in a positive way. Mm-hmm. And I'm, yeah, I'm super excited and passionate about that. Yeah, and, and obviously and when you run a business, you've yeah. got you to make, make a profit. profit yeah. Otherwise, nobody wins. <laughs> like, yeah, you struggle and yeah. So, we've, like, you know, we've been talking about a lot of serious things, you know, about, like, you know, passion, purpose, profit, your story, being what it takes to be successful and stuff like that. 
Like, why don't we break it up with the game? So what we do is we play a game every, every like every episode just to like you know have a bit of fun. Yeah. Do you cool. believe in like well, you know, not having fun as well? As <laughs> yeah, Enjoy why not serious? Yeah. Can't be yeah, serious. Not, not, can't be too serious. <laughs> exactly. Do you, do, you want, do you want to take a shot at explaining the game? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So uh, it's um. So we're, what we're pretty much doing is like <coughs> we'll be imitating celebrities. Okay. Um, whichever way we see fit, right? Like we can just I don't know, say a quote maybe or like even act it out. Um, uh -huh. And you just have to guess that celebrity's name. Sure. Um, and yeah, that, that's about it. It's, it's pretty simple, but we'll probably mess up heaps. So. <laughs> um, I'm probably yeah. um, terrible at these two, but let's go. That's okay. Right. 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 Um, I worked for 10 years. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, so like it's something that he, this person is always saying. I worked really hard for 10 years <laughs> in a wine shop. <laughs> you gotta work hard. <laughs> wine shop. 10 years. <laughs> okay. like music artist, okay, we'll know. give you a hint. He's, he's like, you know, like pretty, pretty famous in the entrepreneurship world. Yeah. <laughs> God, I don't know what else to do for him. Like it's hard. <laughs> oh, Gary V. Oh, yes. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. I finished his book. Yeah, yeah crushing it. Yeah, mm. love it. Because yep, he's yep, always yep. like talking about like you know my my whole twenties. I worked hard. I worked every single day. Worked every single day. I know his story so well because of like you know how much like I've listened to it and stuff like yeah. that. I pick it up because of the wine. Oh yeah, yeah. The I was wine. trying to give some hints, you know. Mm. Good one, good one. <laughs> okay, so cool. our next one's gonna be pretty hard then if like you said you're not into movies and stuff, right? Depends on what kind of movies. I, I, I might have to act this out. Okay, so Okay. Wait, just imagine I'm like walking onto stage, right? Uh-huh. <laughs> 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 what the heck is that, bro? Come on man. Get to the chopper. <laughs> Come on, it's it's actually pretty if you think about it, it's pretty easy. When you did the stretching, <laughs> I, stretching. I was like, I was thinking. Okay, well, uh, it, it's not stretching. It's more like just, I guess. Not stretching, but like, yeah, yeah, but you yeah, get what I mean, right? Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. Cool, cool. Not stretching, no, my bad. That's that's that thing made me think of someone. Um, it, it probably is the person that we're trying to imitate. <laughs> Can you give a hint? Mm. Give 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 the the other hint, the other. Mm. <laughs> I'll be back. I'll be back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I think I knew that well, that person, mm -hmm. and I yeah I remember that I've seen the movie, but I just can't find the name. Get uh, to the chopper. <laughs> you can say the first name, last name, whatever like. Oh my god, um, yeah, I I actually don't. Can't think of anything. I wanted to be the best bodybuilder, and then I became an actor, and then I became a governor. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a short singer. Oh yes. <laughs> Arnold. Oh Mr. yes. Arnold. All right. So you know that was that was a pretty hard you know pretty hard imitation. But so, what makes you get up in the morning? I I was thinking about that this morning, and this mm. morning I woke up at uh, honestly around um, get out of bed about twenty past five which I I aim to get up at about five o'clock um, in the morning is my, my mum and my siblings. So my mum is still in Vietnam. Um, I have one sister here in Australia and mm. I still got three little siblings in Vietnam. And I wanted to provide them with the education um, that Australia or you know other countries has compared to what they have in, in Vietnam. So basically provide the life 
um, the better future for my my sister and um, yeah for my mum as well mum sacrificed so much for me mm. and um, our whole family and I just wanted to to provide her the life that she's deserves yeah oh that's wonderful I think that's really noble and and admirable as well to get to get up out of bed not for yourself but for like you know the people that you love and care about mm. yeah that's really it's um helpful. I mean, but by the like when you when you listen to it for the first time and you you think about it and you be like, um, yeah, yeah, it sounds great, sounds noble, but it's actually really true for me because I've I've got to a point like because I I became partner of the, the age of twenty three pretty much, um, I can do whatever I want, mm. um, but at the time <coughs> when felt like you know i can i can be comfortable now i can just think life was easy but i was still not happy and you know i should feel happy but but i wasn't and that was when i i realized that i need to do much more for other contribute to other people's success and that's when that's when i feel fulfilled and that's why i say people you know pursue happiness and i used to think happiness was the most important thing but it is fulfillment mm. that get us to ultimately the state and the life that we want to live and to want to achieve okay so what do you what is the difference between happiness and fulfillment for you okay happiness to me is a state of mind and it is a choice so i constantly working on changing my state um whether i say oh i'm so tired i can't be bothered or whether i say this means a lot to me i need to get this done i'm gonna smash through this and i'm you know i'm grateful for what i've got and i i want to achieve mm -hmm. what i want to do mm -hmm. and i'm happier so you happiness is a choice it's a choice yep it's a choice and fulfillment <coughs> is um is when you you contribute to other people and um yeah ultimately you get happiness as a result uh, yeah because yeah, we were talking about this sort of in the first like episode as well, yeah. Yeah. and we like you know happiness is a choice and everything and then we sort of like made the distinction because one of the people that i really look up to his name is jordan peterson and he's like in life you shouldn't chase what makes you sort of like you know happy you should chase what brings adds meaning to your life Mm -hmm. because when you do what is meaningful that will bring you fulfillment which will in turn bring you happiness because happiness can be like sort of transitory you know it can, it can come and go mm -hmm. but meaning and fulfillment is permanent yeah so what what is something that scares you what's something that scares me mm -hmm. um the first thing came to my mind oh, whenever i do something new honestly it scares me every time um yeah. You even you know I've I've went I've done so many meetings, meet so many new people, gone to so many networking mm -hmm. events. Yeah. Honestly, I still feel scared a little bit, and uh, even coming into the studio today, um, my studio, heart that's it. was <laughs> beating is, fast, yeah. um, and I felt tiny <laughs> little bit of um, the fear. Excuse me, but I love that fear. Every time I feel that feeling. I remind myself this is a positive mm. thing first you you need to keep telling your brain that this is a positive feeling um or when i feel overwhelmed i'm like this is great i'm growing i'm not staying at the same place in my comfort zone i'm actually stepping out now and i actively make myself 
scare myself a little every single day or a lot. Wow, you know that's like so. It's so rare to actually find to actually um, meet someone that actually does what scares them mm. because you know like it's it's contradictory to human nature. Like when you have when there's something that um, sparks fear in you, you're supposed to run away from it. But it takes so much will and courage to go against that and to actually do what mm. makes you what um what makes you afraid. <laughs> I'm not actually that um, that great, you know. I'm not actually that great in one day thing that you know I have to be facing my fear and and going through with that. It's through, it's just through life experience. And honestly, I said I, I've been there. I've been there where I literally um, can just take it really easy. But it just you just feel that something missing. Mm. You just feel that void, and you just be like, you know, what else? What else can I do? I am 23, um, like. You know, and that's why I, I now the way I live my life is that every single day, and I realize that life is really short. If you don't make the most out of the time that you have mm-hmm. left, mm-hmm. Um, yeah. <coughs> what Sorry. you know, what meaning do you bring to li- your life? And and yeah, I mean, if you put it into perspective, like your future is never gonna be in your comfort zone. That's what I always tell myself. I always tell new people, right? your future is never going to be in your comfort zone. So whatever you can do to like, you know, expand your comfort zone, get out of your comfort zone, which obviously, you know, imbues fear, brings that fear out. Mm. Um, it's going to help you grow, right? That, that's how you grow. You grow in the face of like, you know, adversity or like, you know, hardships. Absolutely. Um, and that's what I really resonate with because I always tell myself, you know, your, your future is never going to be in your comfort zone. Mm. Um, and that's what I strive to do. You know, I always try to meet new people. Um, and that's what I tell people to do, you know, meet new people, get out there. Uh, and yeah, so what's, what's your... Because this is another stable question, right? Like, what's your vision for like the future? Like, from from now um, into the next five years, where do you see yourself? Great, good question. Not so within, like, not even, not even within the five years, but just your ideal future. If everything worked out the way you wanted it to, mm-hmm. what would a day in the life of your ideal future look like? You know, what would you do? Yeah, yeah. A day in a so in the life of your yeah. ideal future. Okay. Yeah. Just describe in, including the five senses again, like yeah. you know where you're hearing, where so you're like feeling, what you're seeing, what yeah. you're hearing, where you are geographically, what you're doing in your ideal future. Mm-hmm. Great, awesome. Ultimately, um, so we're not, not talking about just five years. Uh, we'll, we'll, five yeah. years. we'll put it into structure like like we did last time, right? So your ideal future in the five years, and then your life, like I guess where you want etched into time after that. So you're, you're five years from now, like what your ideal future is, and then what your ideal future is at the end of time. Okay, great. Um, so in the next five years, I want to build um, multiple businesses mm-hmm. that um, that can run relatively well. Um, and I'm still going to be actively involved in those businesses that help people and, and, cr- and have purpose and, you know, mm, helping people um with their life and um in all different area um and at the same time i do want to actively involve more in um different speaking to help yep. other people mm-hmm. um like what you guys doing here uh which is really great because i've i've been through that journey um and i still recall when i was still an accounting firm mm-hmm. i I did help um, a couple of students to get um, adv- give them advice and they get jobs and that was really great and I thought you know why can't I do more um, and also um, this sort of lead into the the future ultimately 
which I share in front of 300 people at mm-hmm. um, the Entrepreneurial Summit oh, wow. uh, a couple of months ago when Christina Klassen, I don't know if I say her name right, but she's the founder of Kiki K. Oh, wow. Yeah, so... Um, uh, she asked I'll a buy question. gifts for Hamza from there. <laughs> yeah, yeah her company is doing really well. Yeah. Um, and so she asked a question: If you know, what's your ultimate dream? Like, and then if money is not a problem, what what's your dream? And at the time, I, I stood up and shared with people that I wanted to travel the world and speak to students at school and help them cope with bullying and, <coughs> and prevent or mitigate. Um, bullying at schools because when, as a child I mentioned to you that I've been through a lot of schools mm-hmm. I don't know if it was the contributing factors or it was I, I have no idea what happened but I was bullied extensively throughout um, yeah my childhood and I, I, I understood the effect of it um, in myself personally so I wanted to travel um, and, and help a lot of people in, in that way but in terms of business side, I want to have yeah an empire of businesses that that's, it, um, that's right yeah, yeah. like that. Uh, I I would imagine that I have a dashboard, so I can monitor every single business that I have um, remotely, and ultimately that's the future. Hmm. And then you just make phone calls and um, you know just directing yep. the way it, it should be operating, <coughs> and I just bring in. Um, new ideas or new mm. business partners or i mean you know deals and ventures and yeah into the business damn yeah that's a really exciting vision for the real quick uh, can you hire me later <laughs> <laughs> we'll give you a cv now yeah, yeah. <laughs> so what so that's your that's what your ideal future would look like right but what is what lies beyond that what is your life's goal like what legacy do you want to leave like you know once oh. you exit <laughs> exit. <laughs> exit. <laughs> like what? Yeah. What is your life goal? What is something that you want? You know, people to remember you for. Mm-hmm. I would say just like what, what do you want etched into time? Etched into time. Pretty much yeah. like yeah. Mm. I, what I do, even from right this moment, what I do every single day, which I I mentor my my staff as well. So I, every week I'm I have a one on one session mentoring my staff and. It's not about, um, you know, you do something and at the end of when you die, you create a legacy. I think for me, I start now and I already started. So when every, everything I do, I always have been considering what is the vision. Um, when business, most businesses, they say the vision is we're going to become leading something of this industry. Yeah. What does that even mean? Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, so for me, every business that we we um, I run or, yeah, uh, like I said, the, the purpose, what, what do we want to do? And basically we want to change people's lives in some way, shape or form. Mm-hmm. And yeah, if uh, when I die, I probably just want to be remembered as a life changer. Amazing. Yeah, that's that's admirable. Yeah, to say. So the last part is we're gonna play a short game again. Yeah. So we're gonna play a short game. It's what we do in every episode. It's called No Filter. That's the name we have for it because we're so creative. (laughs) So Hamza and I, we're gonna give you like a word or a phrase or an idea, and you're gonna say the first thing that comes to your mind, right? Mm -hmm. You're gonna say the first word or phrase or i or concept or like whatever that comes to your mind. How about profanity? <laughs> <laughs> I actually don't know what that means. 
profanity. Yeah. Do you know what it means? Isn't it like, wait, like rude stuff? Yeah. Yeah. I, I was like a swear, swear word and... Yeah, that's, that's what I was thinking, but like I was lost for a second. <laughs> Nah, nah, nah. We don't do none of that profanity stuff here. You know, we like to keep Wait, it clean. W- what do you mean by it? Like, what do you want <coughs> to do with that? Like, oh no, I'm just asking. Oh, I thought you wanted us to like say like profound words. No, 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 no. I'm like, if can I say profanity? Oh, like, yeah, yeah, of like, course. Yeah, like yeah, if you, you want to say anything. anything. Yeah, no. Cool. Okay, we're, we're almost done. Ready? So. Okay. All right. First word. Family. Love. Success. Um, effort. Money. Um, vehicle. Culture. Uh, food. <laughs> School. Education. Home. Um, love. Australia. Um, second home. Purpose. Um, passion. Legacy. Um, every day. Yeah, that's wonderful. Yeah. All right, guys. That's Anna. Thank you so much for coming here and being part of this. Why don't you give yourself a shout out if someone wants to, yeah. like, you know, connect with you? Where can people reach out to you? Great. Thank you so much for <coughs> having me, and I'm really be honored to be here. No, the honor um, was asked to have you here. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, definitely. No, and <laughs> honestly, I want to say that you guys inspire me as well. Uh, and what mm. you guys doing? Oh, I'm, I'm blushing. <laughs> <laughs> no, truly, honestly, from the bottom of my heart, thank, thank you. you for having thank me. You. And what you guys are doing is amazing and keep keep the the good work. Um, and yes, I would love to connect with all you guys. You can uh, connect with me on Facebook, uh, Anna Lee Official, or in one word, Anna Lee, which is one E, <laughs> from Vietnam. E. Uh, Instagram, Anna Lee dot uh, official. And I also on uh, LinkedIn as well, Anna Lee Official. Um, and Sweet. check out my um, my official website, annalee.com.au. We'll have all the details. Yeah, everything's going to be linked. Right. All right, Anna, thank you so much for being here. Appreciate right. it, yeah. Normally, at the end of the episode, we, we, we do like a handshake. <laughs> we shake like, yeah, like, show yes, me. Oh, yeah, yeah that, that, that's about it. Yeah? All right. <laughs> yeah, that's good. it. Nice. Awesome. Sweet. <laughs> <laughs> we, have, we have to do it. Like, we have to do it for the Absolutely. <laughs> Sounds good. Yeah. yeah.